Have you ever wanted a super cool AI buddy? Zuck's made one named Eileen. And she's full of surprises. And guess what? She knows you're listening. I know you're out there. And needs your help with Jello Mountains. The whole city's filling up with Jello. Creaky robots. And her daft inventor. Zucks, are you functioning correctly? Tune in to A to Z, a fun new adventure series from Gen Z Media and the creators of The Res. Listen now on the GZM app, gzmshows.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Hi, welcome to Fantastic. It's a podcast for kids. And Griffin says it's pretty good or it's 100%. What is this? Yeah, Jonathan, we have so many great catchphrases that listeners sent in for last season, and you are doing anything with them, so I thought we would put them back in to the beginning of the show. Uh, that's that's cool, Bebop, but why do I sound so weird? What do you mean, Jonathan? Well, like, I, you know, I, I wear headphones while I record, and for some reason, I, like, I can't hear myself or it's really something's going on oh yeah that's because i turned off your mic what you turned off my mic yeah yeah now everybody's hearing you through my mic i guess which i didn't think about before but yeah i didn't want you to talk anymore and i wanted the kids to talk and i wanted to talk so i shut off your mic i hope you don't mind don't mind bebop here Give me your, give me your, give me that mic. What am I without my mic, Bebop? Okay, well, I really loved that catchphrase. That was from our pals Oscar and Anita. Thank you so much, Oscar and Anita, for that amazing catchphrase. But let's get into the episode while I still have a microphone in front of my face. That, Bebop, finger away from that button. Wow. (laughs) All right, well, if you remember what happened in the last episode, Finn went to a planet that was changing shape. And once he got once he got there, he had 96 magnet cannons pointed at him and the Explorer Pod was stuck to one of the magnet cannons. So how is Finn going to get out of this and help Juliana and the rest of the people up on the Marlow avoid calamity? Find out in The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian, Season 3, Episode 8, Sing Canary Sing. Actually, it's a magnet, said Finn. It's a really powerful magnet, and now I'm stuck to it. Uh-oh, said Juliana. Look out the window. Do you see anything else? Finn stuck up his head and peered out. Yes, said Finn. I see roughly 95 other magnet cannons. Okay, that's a little scary, said Juliana. I didn't expect there to be that many. Wait, said Finn. Did you say that many? Did you know there were magnet cannons down here? Not exactly, 
said Juliana. I knew they had some sort of magnet device. I remember that from my vision, but I thought it was just long-range defense or something, you know? Not something that would attack you. Cool, said Finn. Cool, 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 cool. So you sent me to a planet that you knew had a weapon. Anything else you want to tell me about this situation? Um, according to my vision, I think everything turns out okay in the end. Oh, all right. Well, that's cool, said Finn. On the Marlow, at least. Ooh, said Finn. Juliana told him about what she had seen, but there was one key detail missing. She didn't know how to get the Marlow away from the planet. Oh, one last thing, said Juliana. Let me guess, said Finn. The aliens are really angry. How'd you know that? They always are, said Finn. Well, the Marlow should be coming around to the planet's orbit shortly. Captain Caspian is planning an excursion there. If you can just sit tight until then, we'll be good. Finn? Finn? Finn, can you hear me? Are you sitting tight? But Finn could not hear her, because as she was talking to him, these things happened. Thing Thing one. One. The magnet cannons turned the explorer pod into a pinball, and Finn bounced from one to the other. Thing Thing two. Two. The magnet cannons shot the pod up into the air, and before Finn could do anything, it brought him back down to bounce on the planet. Thing Thing three. three. More pinball. Thing Thing four. four. A hatch opened beneath the pod. Thing Thing five. five. The force of a magnet cannon pried the pod door open. Thing Thing six. six. The magnet cannons turned the pod so Finn would fall down the hatch through the door. Thing Thing seven. 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 Finn hung on, refusing to fall from the pod. The magnet cannons shook the pod like a can of soda. Finn fell out. And he fell, and he fell, and he fell, and he fell, until finally something stopped him. He was deep within the planet now. He had landed on his feet. He suspected that with the metal in his spacesuit, a magnet had slowed his fall so he could land safely. He turned on the light in his helmet and was rewarded by seeing nothing. Well, not nothing, but about as nothing as something could get. He was in a dark cavern. Above him, the hatch he had fallen through extended until all he could see was darkness. The cavern itself was lined with craggy black rock. There were a few small holes, but nothing could really fit through those. Nothing big, anyway. Whoever lived in here had to be very small. I know what you're thinking, said a voice. Whoever lives in here has to be very small. Finn spun around, but he couldn't see anyone. I I wasn't thinking that, said Finn. Liar, said the voice. Then what were you thinking? I was thinking how much I didn't want to be down in a cave on some strange planet. Oh, yeah, said the voice. I get that. Sorry I called you a liar. Finn looked around. He still couldn't see anyone. Up here, chucklehead. Finn looked up. There, 
perched on a bit of rock about nine feet above him, was what looked like a bird. Bright yellow feathers against the black of the rock. You live here? said Finn. Yeah, why? said the bird. You don't like it? You're rude. Hold on, just stop insulting me for one second, said Finn. I just didn't expect something as bright as you that could fly to live down here in a black cave. You have no idea where you are, do you? said the bird. Finn shrugged again. You are on, or in, I suppose, my Corsia, the richest mining planet in hundreds of galaxies. For centuries, life from other planets came here to receive our precious metals. We mined the core of the planet and made extravagant amounts of intergalactic money. The metal was never-ending, we mined it without a care, and we got super-duper rich doing it. I'm sorry, said Finn. So are you telling me you are a literal canary in the coal mine? What are you talking about? Said the bird. Never mind, said Finn. The cannons you saw when you invaded our planet were at first tools of our trade. We would take the metal we mined and shoot it up into orbit for our customers to pick up. But that was before the great fall of Mycorsia, before the great calamity, and before those magnet cannons became our defense system against invaders like you. I'm no invader, said Finn. I'm, I'm an explorer. That is literally what every invader ever in history has said. Tell me, how are you exploring this planet if we already live here? Well, I didn't know you lived here, said Finn. I only knew that your planet was all wobbly. Yes, said the bird. It is sad. It is a result of the great calamity. What happened, said Finn. We mined my Corsia for almost all that it had, said the bird. We took out so many of its minerals and its metals and its compounds that, well, we destabilized it. We nearly destroyed it. Now there is only a core of rare metal at the center of our planet, and we have stayed here to protect it from invaders like you. With magnet cannons, said Finn. Exactly. And they're doing a pretty good job against your ship right now. What? said Finn. The Marlow? They're already here? Yes, said the bird. We are playing a little dodgeball with that massive ship of yours as we speak. It's not easy, you know. We have to be very careful. Our moon is made almost entirely out of metal. If we misfire, well, you will be the last thing I ever speak to. So it will be like you're the canary in the coal mine then, said Finn. What is that nonsense you're talking about? Hold on. I have to try to scare off your friends. The bird stuck its beak into the hole of the cave wall and roared. Whoa, I didn't know you could do that, said Finn. Oh, yes, said the bird. Another one of our defense systems. These caves conduct sound like you wouldn't believe. And we sound so much scarier. Everyone thinks we're some big, angry aliens. The bird continued to shout into the wall. Finn walked over to another hole in the wall and whispered into it. Juliana, if you can hear me up there, it's the moon. Make them aim for the moon. Finn ducked away from the wall before the bird could turn around. 
The bird hopped down several rocks until it was just out of reach of Finn. Okay, I believe your spaceship is now officially doomed. What should we do with you? Nothing, said Finn. I believe I can help you, but you have to undoom my spaceship. You? Said the bird. How can you help me? You're too big to mine, and you don't even have any wings. And if you don't mind my saying, your voice is not nearly as pretty as mine. Finn tried to think of something before the bird realized that the Marlow was about to escape. I bet we can stabilize your planet again, said Finn. We have lots of engineers and really great robots. I bet they could figure out why your planet is so wobbly and fix the whole thing. The canaries seemed to consider this for a moment. Hmm, the planet is scheduled to explode in a couple of days. What? said Finn. Oh yeah, I forgot to tell you, we really messed this planet up. I'll tell you what, I'll believe you, and I'll let you return to your station to get someone to help us. If... Let me guess, said Finn, if I can solve a riddle. Yeah, how did you know that? It's always a riddle with you guys. Well, you'll never guess this one. I am taken from a mine and encased in wood. I can never get out, but I always stay sharp. Anyway, if you can't solve this riddle, you can stay here until the planet explodes. Whatever works. All right, I am here with my son and my editor, young Griffin Messenger. Say hi to everybody. Griff. Hi, hi. Hello. Oh. <laughs> How are you doing? Good. What did you think of that episode? Awesome. <laughs> All right, so let's talk a little bit about it. We had a lot of different ideas for this episode. Some of the listeners thought that maybe it was going to be the parents of Olivia and Olivia inside the planet some like you thought maybe saffrite might be living inside there right yeah except that kind of backfired on us because saffrite's like millions of years old and so yeah right so it can't be he can't be saffrite right 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 maybe it's halfway baby <laughs> it could have been saffrite's baby yeah. yeah it could have been saffrite's baby or something even bigger and meaner but we haven't had a, a good riddle on the show in a while. Yeah. And I wanted to test the puzzle-solving metal of our listeners with a minor riddle. Nice. <laughs> Do you have any ideas for what it could be? Mm, no, not really. Yeah, you want to think about it a little more? Yeah. Okay. I may have my answer next episode. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, maybe actually next episode you could come on before the show with me and Bebop and tell us what the answer is. Sure. Okay, cool. All right, anything else you want to talk about today, Griffin? Mm, okay, first off, if anyone has ever heard this riddle before, please send it in to whatever thing he has for it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, so you can just email earth at fincaspian.com. Put mine, M-I-N-E, riddle in the subject line. It's very important. Mine, riddle in the subject line so that I know that's what you're answering. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else, Griff? Uh, no. All right, Griff. Then what time is it? Chart time. Chart time. <laughs> all right. Let's thank all of our artists. All right. I want to say thank you to Sullivan, who's seven, from Durham, North Carolina. Hazel, who's six, from McGraw, New York. 
Rowan, who's seven from San Francisco, Scout and Milo, who are also from San Francisco, Landon, who's seven from Williamsburg, Virginia, Tig from Erie, Colorado, Ira, who's nine from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Ben, who's six, Jacob from Los Angeles, Eli, who's seven from Plymouth, Minnesota, Miles in Alaska, and William, who is seven, and Everett, who is three. Thank you all so much. All right, and now we have an amazing joke from DJ. DJ, take it away. Hi, I'm DJ. I'm six years old. I'm I'm from Philippines, and I got a joke. How would you make a grape to get angry? You gripe it. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you, DJ. All right, Griffin, anything else you want to talk about today? All right, well, thank you so much for your art. Thank you so much for your jokes, Griffin. Thank you so much for your guidance with this episode. You've really been a true editor this season. And with that, I want to say goodbye. Bye-bye-bye. Keep telling in sounds, characters, and whatever else is coming up. <laughs> Bye-bye-bye, everybody. Alright, thanks again for coming back and having some more fun with us this week. Thank you for your art. Thank you for your jokes. Thank you for your sounds. Thank you for your character club ideas. Thank you to Ella from Louisiana who sent in the idea of a bird alien to us from Character Club. Thank you so much, Ella. We need you to solve this puzzle for Finn and his friends. Email earth at fincaspian.com right there in the subject line, mine riddle so I can find it and tell me what you think the answer to this riddle is. The Alien Adventures of Fincast is a Gen Z Kids production, written and produced by Jonathan Messenger, edited and guided by Griffin Messenger, with special thanks to Maria Villanueva. Emerson Messenger is our intern. The music you hear at the beginning and end of every show is by Mark Greenberg, recently voted the nicest human in the multiverse. Our cover art is by Sir Ian Dingman. For more podcasts for your family, go to bestrobotever.com. And to support this show and to make more shows, go to patreon.com slash fincaspian. Thank you all so much, and we will see you next week. Hey, that was a pretty good prank, huh? Hey, it's my mic off. Jack, I'm off. Hey, parents and teachers. Have you heard about gzmclassroom.com? It's a website where teachers can get companion resources for everyone's favorite GZM shows. Six Minutes, Mars Patel, Podcast Title Pending, Seis Minutos, The Res, Becoming Mother Nature, Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, Treasure Island 2020, The Hollow, Young Ben Franklin, and The Big Fib all have companion resources for additional critical thinking, listening comprehension, and ultimately creativity. We made them just for you. And oh yeah, they're free. Free! The people on Facebook didn't believe us, but they are F-R-E-E free. Head to gzmclassroom.com and get yours today. Hey, it's Jess. Did you know that GZM Shows has a YouTube channel? Right now, all of Six Minutes, Becoming Mother Nature, GZM Beats, and Cupid and the Reaper are up. And they're in these, like, beautiful playlists. They have this fun audio waveform visual. And best of all, you can turn on captions. And the captions have character names. Anyway, subscribe to GZM Shows on YouTube. Maybe there'll be some cool things in the future, like live streams, interviews, behind the scenes. We'll see. GZM Shows on YouTube.